Could we stand, please? Could we enter into his presence? Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus name. Jesus name. Sikie kala rata hai. Halalomobo kurata tabama mama hai. Halalomobo kurata mama mama kahai. Jesus name. Jesus name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Halalomobo kurata tabama hai. Praise God. 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 Jesus name. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Praise God. Appreciate your patience with me here just a moment. I don't know what's going on. I I can't I can hear me in the house. That makes the house too loud. I can't hear me in the monitors at all, and they're turned up to the point of feedback. And I don't have the voice to override all that. So whatever you can do to fix it, something's not right. Praise God. While they take care of that, I would like to thank the Lord tonight that my wife is alive. Now I'll tell you why I'm thanking him. She hit a deer on the way to church. And was just a few 
maybe not more than a foot from it being head on, which would have caused the airbags to have come out, which she was in the middle of traffic with no place to go. So I will say that again. What happened? What did y'all do different now? I can turn it down. I can hear me. Oh, thank God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Did it get turned off by somebody? The monitors? I, now I got a problem. Brother Stewart and I are going to have to have a conversation. Because you guys weren't supposed to be able to have anything to do with these monitors. And that will be fixed. <clears throat> that will be fixed. You guys aren't going to have any control over these monitors. That's the way it was supposed to be set up. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> and I'm calming down now. Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Had been right all week. Praise God. Hallelujah. That's why this is here. This says, sound people, stay away. This gives the speaker control over the monitors. So whoever wired that little deal into this monitor is going to be fixed by Monday night service. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Praise God. I haven't been able to hear myself all week. So, the Lord is merciful that I can talk at all. Praise God. A um, couple of things before I get started. Uh, when I was prompted to do the Apostolic Iron Page and realized that for it to be effective... I would need a source of funds to be able to take advantage of it. And I prayed about what I was supposed to do. And the Lord very specifically spoke to me that under no circumstances could I initiate an offering. Couldn't ask for anybody, ask any for, couldn't receive an offering in this church for that purpose, couldn't initiate it. He wanted me to live completely by faith and trust Him with it. So we had a spontaneous offering today. I, In between trying to be thankful for the offering, I'm trying to examine myself to see if I in any way cross God's line. I feel pretty certain I did not. But, uh, so I'm thankful for your response. I don't know exactly how much it is, but somewhere right now we're over Praise God. So I am uh, believing that the Lord is going to continue to bless 
And, well, the last time I checked before service started, we had uh, 53,860 likes on the page. I fully believe that we will top 55,000 before midnight. I am believing, I mean, if, if the Lord's going to challenge our faith, let's just do whatever. I'm believing that we'll top 100,000 by the end of November. Praise God. I believe that. I believe that. So, thank you. Uh, I realized as this week went along, that in order to obey God and not just force material out, that uh, there had to be another setting. So if you're interested, you can write this down. May 6th, 7th, and 8th, Tuesday through Thursday. Call to War 2013 Part 2. That does not replace Call to War 2014, which is November 4 through 7. Amen. If you're interested, just if you're interested in knowing that or you know somebody that might be interested, um, there's a lot of material there. By faith, there will be a full-scale Syllabus available by then, which I will not attempt to teach from. But I've got, I got so many sets of notes of a lot of research, and uh, in order to kind of bridge the gap between now and the syllabus available, starting. Uh, by Monday evening at 6 on myapw.com, myapw.com. Under study notes, there will be at least 20 sets of study notes available. They will cost anywhere from a dollar to three dollars. They're just study notes. When I say just study notes, some of them are 40 pages, some are 60 pages, uh, and they are, there is an abundance of scripture. Uh, all of them are organized to a degree, some have put headings on them, some have headings with some commentary, a lot of word studies, a lot of different translations of key verses that each subject is looking at. That will be available, and this is what I felt led to do way before today, that uh, whatever uh, comes in from the sale of those study notes is all going to go toward apostolic iron. So uh, they will be in PDF format because that's the common format. If you want it into a word processor form, all you have to do is copy and paste. Uh, 
There's no restriction on the notes preventing you from copying them and uh, pasting them into your word processor. Praise God. Some of you are purchasing CDs and DVDs. My media department is not going to be happy with this announcement. But I've been in the UPC longer than them. So to relieve your any conscience problem you have, if you purchase a set of DVDs, I'm going to give you permission to do what you're going to do anyway. You're welcome to duplicate them on this condition. You do not have permission to sell the duplication. You do not even have permission to ask for the recovery of your costs for duplication. If you want to duplicate them and give them away as a gift, no complaint from me. But all of the sales off of our page... My, my APW.com, APW stands for Antioch Publishes the Word, MYAPW.com. All the proceeds there, not one penny goes to an individual. Every, every bit of that is plowed back into the ministry of developing and providing more materials. Okay? So if somebody's going to profit off that, that, that ministry's going to. If you buy a set of CDs or a set of DVDs and you want to be Pentecostal like everybody else does with it, used to be cassette tapes, you're welcome to do that as long as you don't charge one slight penny for it. And don't get around it like the TV preachers say, if you'll give a donation, I'll give you this set. Oh, you're welcome to do that. Just send the full amount of the donation. To Antioch, the Apostolic Church. Thank you very much. You want to be a giver? Then give them. I don't care if you make a thousand copies and give it to everybody you know. As long as you don't pay one, charge one penny for them. Don't care. Like I said, media ministry probably wouldn't be happy to hear that. But... It's not their material. It's God's, not mine either. So please understand that. Also, and I'm saying this not just for you, but anybody watching, anybody watches this, you do not have permission to post any of these messages on any sermon site. You don't have that permission. First of all, I don't believe in sermon sites. you got a Bible. That's what that's for. You want a sermon? Pray and study. Don't buy somebody else's message and make a set of notes off of it and preach it. So, and I will tell you this. I feel strongly about this. If I find out any of this has been posted on a sermon site without my permission, and if it's there, it is without my permission, I will contact those folks and Kindly request it to be uh, taken down. And if it does, if it's not taken down, I won't be kind. 
I don't mean that unkindly, but there has to be some kind of line drawn somewhere, and the lines don't even exist in our movement. Uh, as I heard one preacher say, the copyright laws and the UPCI is at least copy it right. That was not original with me. But unfortunately, I've experienced it too many times. And others here have experienced a lot more than me. So just want to cover a little bit of business there. Um, before I get into ministry, I would like to say that it has been absolutely a privilege and a thrill to minister to the group of people that's been here this week. Wow. Ministry, having the opportunity to minister to hungry people is its own reward. And there is no greater reward. There is no greater pay that you could, that you could give a true man of God other than giving him the privilege and opportunity to minister to hungry people. And you have done that this week. You have taken your time and come. Uh, quite a few folks have had to go home, some this afternoon, some this morning, some last night. But it, this has just been a joy and a privilege. And uh, it has been wonderful to fellowship in the presence of God, and in the move of God with each of you. I realize some of you weren't able to be here in the daytime. Uh, I don't know, Adam, if you know what the number is, but you got any idea what the last number is of that's watched the, uh, on Vimeo? Okay, right now, 3,300 people have watched Tuesday night's message alone on our website not live stream now uh, this morning there had been a total of over 10,000 views on our website not not live stream we don't have the capability at this point of knowing all the the number of people who come back and watch uh, the archive on live stream because everything that is streamed live on live stream is archived by live stream on live stream. We do our we also do our own archiving uh, through theantioch.com and that's hosted on Vimeo. Uh, and we have better analytics on that. Yes, sir. About twelve thousand, twelve thousand views. Uh, so far, this is after the fact. This isn't people that's online live. Okay. You know what that tells you? It has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with this church. It has nothing to do with this meeting. It has everything to do with Jesus. Everything. Everything to do with Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Now, I don't know if somebody... It, it, Somebody messed with it because a while ago I could hear and now I can't hear again. I'd like to call a meeting of the media ministry for 6 a.m. Monday. 
Well, maybe not that early. I just feel that early. (laughs) Praise God. So one more time, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming and being a part of this. Thank you for bringing your hunger, your thirst for God, your desire to be a part of the kingdom and joining it together with us so that as a as a as a group and a body that we could go places in God that all of us haven't been none of us have been those places before how awesome has it been and uh <laughs> I, I laid all these sheets out in front of me uh because uh there are fingerprints all over this glass and I decided to cover them up because probably that's about all the use I'll get out of them. (laughs) If uh, things hold true to form for this week, praise God. The, uh, The, um, this is the third night. The third night of war. And um, some of you haven't been here. Others of you have. And I, I need to, I need to give a brief synopsis to get to the point that I can talk about tonight. So uh, hopefully, they, for those of you that are hearing it for the second or third time, it'll you'll pick up something you didn't get the first time or second time. As I said the first night, there's a lot of people who claim to be apostolic that don't believe in spiritual warfare at all. Then there are people that believe in it but don't have any idea how to do it. Then there are people that know how to do it but they just don't have any confidence they know when to do it. No war, natural or spiritual, goes on 24-7. It just doesn't happen like that. That's not what we're called to do. That's not what this is about. But there are times and seasons for that. There are times and seasons. And uh, the Bible says there's a time for peace and a time for war. Time for all things. So knowing how to war and knowing when to war is very critical. And and I have talked to so many people, sincere brethren, uh, pastors of churches, genuinely, sincerely, wanted to know how, when, 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 when. Um and, and I asked the Lord about this. I, what, 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 can, what can I tell them? Is there a strategy that you can give me that I could share that uh, they could take home with them, that it will work? And uh, I, I can only share with you the strategy that, that God gave us and worked. It worked. I could not have told you 
most of the time I was doing it. What I was doing and why, I just felt led to follow the Spirit. I followed the Spirit, and I did that. This is the way it is a lot of times. If you're going to walk in the Spirit, if you walk in the Spirit, God will lead you to do stuff that you will do, and He will lead you to do it one step at a time. And He won't explain each step, but because you're trusting Him and you're walking in the Spirit, each time you take a step, it takes you farther along. And you don't really see the pattern or the purpose till you get farther along and you turn around and look back and you go, wow, that really was planned out. He knew exactly where the, the next, the hundredth step was going to be, but he just gave it to us one step at a time. Why would he do that? I'll tell you why. Because most of us, us, not to say most of you, most of us would be, if he showed us a hundred steps down the road, most of us would be so intimidated by that. It would overwhelm our faith so much that we would just shut down and say, there's no way I can go there. There's no way I can be used like that. But if you can trust Him for the next step. Mm. I know this is simple, but this it's simple. The problem is most of the time with us and God. It's not that God's ways are complex. It's it's not God taking simple stuff and making it complex. It's man taking simple stuff and making it complex. God takes the complex and makes it simple. That's God's signature. You show me somebody that wants to wow you with the preaching. So when they're done, you say, man, that was great. I don't have a clue what they were talking about. That was really great. You can mark this down in your book, sign my name by it. That wasn't Holy Ghost. Because God's signature always is. He takes the complex and makes it simple. And if he's got to boil it all the way down to where it's just this simple, one step at a time. Do I have enough faith to take this step? Yes, it's just a step. Do I have enough take faith to take this step? Yes, it's just a step. Do I have enough faith to take this step? Yes, it's just a step. Do I have enough faith for this step? Yes. How about this step? Yes. This step? Yes. And I turn back and go, how did I get from there to here? Whoa. I, I, That's way out here. How did I get here? I, 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 I didn't have enough faith to get here. Not one giant leap. Not if he had shown you all of that in advance. No. No, those of us who are full of iniquity. And I can't explain that for you that haven't been here. I don't have the time.
But suffice it to say, that was the original sin, according to Ezekiel 28. Not pride in heaven, but iniquity. And the, and the, the cause of iniquity is you want to be in charge. You want to make your own decisions. You want to run your own life. That is the definition of iniquity. And for the people that want, that have iniquity, they may call, say they've got faith, but they have iniquity. They're in charge. They're running their own life. Oh, Lord, have mercy. You, you folks that have been faithfully here, you're just going to have to be patient with me a little bit because there's a few folks sitting here that need to hear this. I asked the Lord a couple of months ago, I said, what in the world could angels and humans do that a, the loving, kind, merciful, gracious, long-suffering, just and holy God could justify to himself putting creatures he brought into existence in a place of eternal punishment so horrible that only a divine mind could have created it. His response to me was, what was the original sin? And I popped off what I'd been told in Sunday school. Pride. Lucifer's sin was pride. And he responded and said, where is that in my book? So I got, I had my computer program open and I began to search. And you know what? There's no verse in the Bible that the word pride is directly connected with what went on in heaven. But Ezekiel chapter 28, I think it's verse 14. If you got it, we'll read it. Praise God. Last time I apologized to you precious folks. I'm just going to flow with the Holy Ghost. Okay. I know you've heard it. I know you've heard it. All right. That, this is what it says in Ezekiel 28, 14. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, and I have set thee so. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the sto stones of fire. Thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day that thou wast created till iniquity was found in thee. Both the Hebrew and the the Greek words that are translated iniquity essentially mean lawlessness. But lawlessness is the product. It's not the process. It's not what the motives are in the heart that brings a person to come to a place of lawlessness. And when the Bible says that Lucifer wanted to be like the Most High, he knew he could not be like the infinite God. The infinite God can't be finite. The finite angel can't be an infinite God. The scripture says he wanted to be like the Most High. What was it the Most High could do that Lucifer couldn't do? Make decisions. Run his own life. Be in control. When Lucifer wanted to be like the Most High, he wanted to run his own life. He wanted to make his own decisions. He wanted to be in control. That is called iniquity. And God hates 
Just one of the places that says that is Psalms 5. God hates the worker of iniquity. And some of you precious people, both sitting in this building and listening online tonight, and even though you've been told these messages are sequential, this is your first session. And guess what? You're about to get a quick catch-up course. Because some of you are convinced that a saved person can't have iniquity. So we put on the screen, please. <laughs> Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. <laughs> He's done it again. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that... He that doeth... The will of my Father, which is in heaven. Next verse. Many will say unto me in that day, or say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? Have we not, and in thy name, have cast out devils? And in thy name done many wonderful works? Now, I know that's still in the Gospels, but let me tell you something. That's kind of stuff that I identify with somebody having the Holy Ghost. But this is the Lord's response. Then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. <laughs> the Greek word translated Lord is curios. It means supreme ruler, supreme in authority over everything and everybody. They were calling him Lord, but living otherwise. Because if he is your Lord, he's in control of your life because you've given it up. He makes your decisions because you've surrendered that. He runs your life because you have yielded that to him. <laughs> My only responsibility is to say what he's saying. How you hear it's between you and him. That's why the Bible says, take heed how you hear. I'm going to say this, by the grace of God, as kindly as I can. And I'm not going to explain it, and I'm not going to get into it, because whoever he's talking to is going to know what I'm saying. Some of you have said, I can't believe that a couple of inches of hair makes that big a deal to God. 
I can't believe that a couple of inches of hair makes that big a deal to you. If that couple inches of hair is a big deal to you, it's a big deal to God. I can't believe a couple of inches of uh, of skirt length should matter to God. Then why does it matter to you? He's God. If it shouldn't matter, then just why not? Why don't you just make sure that you're completely covered? The very fact that you would make it a point of contention with Him proves it's a problem for you. And trust me, it's not about the hair. And it's not about the length of your clothes. It's all about the desire to be in control. Just saying. Just saying. So, if you think we're making a deal over holiness standards, no, not in, the, not in any way, shape, or form. We're making a deal over what's going on in your heart that you want to say, Lord, Lord, but stay in charge and in control of your life. Because the sin isn't the outward. The sin is the inward. That's the sin. I want to be in control. I'm going to make my own decisions. I'm going to do what I like the way I like it. And if anybody says something to me, they're judging me. No, friend. The only person judging you is yourself. You're judging you. You're judging you. Because just between me and you, if I think God may have an issue with something that I have a preference on, just to be safe, and because He is Lord of my life, and hear me, if He is not your Lord, He is not your Savior. If He is not your Lord, He can't be your Savior. If He kicked he Satan out of heaven because of iniquity, He's not going to save you and bring you into heaven with iniquity. Now that's as kind and as gentle and as loving as I have any capability of being. I'm serious. I, there's, no, there's no anger here. There's no animosity. There's no in your face. There's no desire to embarrass you. I love you enough to tell you the truth. And so while you want to focus on 
what may or may not be permitted outside, the real problem is in here. Because the Lord said, if we go back to Matthew 7, I think it would then be verse 23. Depart from me, I never knew you. Now obviously, the, the eternal, infinite God knows everything. So what could he mean, I never knew you? wasn't talking about having no knowledge of your existence. The Greek there is literally, you never came into an approved relationship with me. I never knew you in an approved relationship. But I have got the Holy Ghost. Yes, you have the Holy Ghost. And I had the Holy Ghost for years. And he didn't have me. It's not near as important for you to have the Holy Ghost as it is for the Holy Ghost to have you. In February, I would have had the Holy Ghost 56 years. I would to God. I could honestly stand here and say to you that the Holy Ghost had me for 56 years. I wish I could say that the Holy Ghost had me for 26 of those years. But I've spent much of my saved life wrestling with God for control. I'm going to tell you something right now. I'm going to tell you what I'm feeling the Holy Ghost. God is pulling for somebody really, really hard right now. Somebody in this place, He is pulling really, really hard for you. And I'm going to tell you something you don't even know yet. God knows it because He sees everything, but you don't know this. You are so close to crossing the line that there will be no way back from. What what's, what's what, what do you call that line? Somebody help me. The point of no return. What's it called? A Rubicon. Uh, but but like when you're flying over the ocean, there's a point where if you have problems with the plane, it's closer to keep going than it is to turn around. There's a point of no return. You don't know. It's not on a map. You can't chart it by by satellites. It's not there. But there are calculations that that pilot has based on the weight of the fuel and the weight of the passengers and all the luggage. That, that there's, a, there's a very intricate formula that determines how far you've gone that you can't get back from. We need to pray right now. Some precious soul has hidden it really well from most people. But they haven't hidden it from God. You're doing a good job of putting on a show. But God's not buying your, your performance. God's not swallowing it. And He loves you enough. He loves you enough to try to help you right now. He loves you enough. To try to help you right now. He loves you enough.
to try to help you right now. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I beg of you, my friend, I beg of you in Jesus' name, I beg you to let the Holy Ghost help you to be honest with yourself about what's really in your heart that's demonstrated in your attitude. I like this church. I, I enjoy going to this church. But I'm just never buying into all of that. Because I just don't trust it. Because nobody's telling me what to do. There's no preacher alive that wants to tell you what to do. There's no church that has any kind of honesty that wants to tell you what to do. But the, but the Lord of heaven and earth and the word of God has every right to tell you what to do. And if you reject that, you are living in the sin of iniquity. I beg you, friend. Friend, I'm begging you. The Lord has interrupted this service and the direction of this service for this period of time just because He loves you this much. He is keeping this whole group of people on hold from the things He wants to do for them, say to them, and do through them just because He loves you this much. This is New Testament biblical commitment. You take that personal check out. I don't mean literally. You take that personal check out that represents your life. And you sign it and leave the amount blank and say, here it is, Jesus. Cash it for any amount you want. Because I'm not mine. I'm yours. Here I am, Jesus. I'm not mine. I'm yours. Take me. I'm yours. Come on. Come on. It hadn't lifted yet. It hasn't shifted yet. Come on. Come on. I want everybody in this room that's praying to remember this feeling. Because this happens in church services. And if you press past to keep your order of service rather than cooperating with the Holy Ghost and stopping while he reaches for somebody that desperately needs him, those people are going to be lost and their blood is going to be on your hands because Jesus wanted to use you to help them. But your program was more important than him reaching that lost soul. Come on. Come on, feel this spirit. Come on, church. Feel this spirit. Lodge it away in your memory and in your heart so that you can remember it the next time you're in church and the Lord is so anxious to pull for somebody in jeopardy.
I love to teach. I love to preach. Especially when I know I've got a rhema from God. But when the Lord of heaven and earth, the Savior of mankind, wants to interrupt what He gave me in order to reach for somebody whose soul is in jeopardy, am I not going to cooperate with that? Am I not going to yield it to Him? Am I going to tell Him, you can't deal with these people until it gets to altar call? My God, my God, help us, Jesus. Jesus' name, Jesus' name, Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In the days and weeks and months ahead, you're going to feel that spirit on the job. You're going to feel that spirit walking through a store. You're going to feel this same move of the spirit sitting at the table with a friend. And all of a sudden... You're going to feel this urgency of the Holy Ghost that says this person is at a crossroads and they can't wait to come to church to hear the message. They got to hear the word of the Lord right now. And God is going to expect you to put yourself aside and your pride and your fear of what they're going to think about you if you do it. And begin to speak to them the word of the Lord that he's given you for them so they can be saved. My God. Jesus name what if it's in the middle of a song what if it's in the middle of the offering what if it's in the middle of preliminaries or announcements and that's the spirit of the Lord comes on you are you just going to finish what you're doing and work God in when it's convenient for you are you going to respond when he is moving what are you going to do Is he Lord or is he the servant? Is he the Lord or is he our servant? Come on. Come on. The Lord's doing something here. And whether this person or people, I don't know. He didn't tell me if it's one person, two people, ten people, or fifty people. He didn't say if he wanted me to know, he'd have told me. If he doesn't tell me, I'm not pressing him to know. All I have to do is obey what he says.
one more time. I got these notes. I got this stuff I'd love to share with you. But I am not leaving this building tonight having done my thing rather than obeying God. Not happening. Brad Nielsen, come up here. Thank you for praying. But could I impose on you? Let's go just a little harder at it. Can I ask you to press past yourself a little bit? Is there any intercessors in the house? Is there anybody that would enter into the Spirit? Is there anybody that would help us? 
not just praying them for this person or this person, but praying for every person in this building that's being hindered. Every person that's watching online that's being hindered. If you're watching as a church, you ought to be praying for the people among you that need God. If you're watching by yourself or with your family, you need to be praying. You need to be let God make you be honest with yourself. Simple question. Is God running your life because he's the Lord or are you running your life? Because you're in charge. just sits back and just lets it go and just whatever happens happens and that's okay and if they get saved okay and if they're lost okay I just don't want it to cost me anything in Jesus name be free In Jesus' name, be free. In Jesus' name, be free. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I bind and rebuke and command to loose the people of God and the church of the living God. That fatalistic, give up. Whatever happens will happen. Spirit and attitude. That it's not of God. It's not of God. In Jesus' name be free. In Jesus' name be free. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.
Thank you, Father. 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 Jesus. 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 
When you're done praying, you can be seated. The three symptoms of a church that needs to do warfare. That it's time for that church to do warfare is first there's not a free flow of spontaneous praise and worship in the lives of the individuals of that church and the church corporately anything less is not the promise of God he that believeth on me as the scripture hath said out of his belly his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water it's an uninterrupted flow 
And whether I'm asleep or driving in the car or going about my job, the flow doesn't stop. There may be, I may have to adjust my expression of it as it would be appropriate and or the will of God. But the flow doesn't stop. And when I am in situations, there is no fetter or restriction or hindrance to me expressing the flow. I should be able to do that easily and it flow without needing to have somebody have a pump handle that they're working to get a well flowing. We prayed about that Wednesday night. The second symptom is when the efforts of the dedicated people of the church to evangelize the lost are not working. They're not being led to the hungry. Hungry's not being led to them. There's not a free flow of hungry souls coming to your services. Uh, people aren't interested. They don't seem interested. It's, uh, it's very difficult to have a, uh, a good witness with anyone. That is not natural. That is also not human. It is spirit. And we prayed about that last night. Warfare is what's necessary to defeat the opposition of the adversary and to establish the dominion of the authority of God so that souls can be free to come and be saved. And the third symptom, and in my opinion, equally as telling and probably while it may not be as obvious as the fact that people don't have a free flow of spontaneous worship, is that there's very little, very few births taking place. People are not being born of the Spirit. It, it's difficult. It's, it's, it's effort for, to pray with people for them to receive the Holy Ghost. It's just not happening. I repeat again, the gift of the Holy Ghost is a gift. You don't earn a gift. You don't work to receive a gift. If you meet the conditions, which is repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, you shall, everybody say shall, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. God cannot lie. If people have obeyed His word... And Acts uh, 5.32, please, on the screen, tells you that people that obey the Word of God will receive the Holy Ghost. And we are His witnesses of these things, and so is also the Holy Ghost, whom God hath given to them that obey Him. And if people have obeyed God, and they have not received the Holy Ghost, something is wrong. Now, if... Many people receive the Holy Ghost easily, and one individual is having a hard time receiving the Holy Ghost, then it's that individual's problem. But when there is not a, a free flow, easy, uh, people getting the Holy Ghost regularly and easily, then it's not sin. 
It's not in need of a, a program. You need to do warfare until that breaks loose. Let me, let me give you an example of this, please. If we could go quickly to Daniel chapter 10. And uh, Sister Wright, I'm almost out. I'm going to read quickly, and I please, if I can read quickly. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a thing was revealed unto Daniel, whose name was called Belteshazzar. And the thing was true, but the time appointed was long. And he understood the thing and had understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning, means he was fasting, three full weeks. I ate no pleasant bread, neither came flesh or wine in my mouth, neither did I anoint myself at all, till three whole weeks were fulfilled. And in the fourth, four and twentieth day of the first month, as I was by the side of the great river, which is Hedekel, I believe, uh, whatever, this southern accent doesn't pr- pronounce those words too easily, Then I lifted up mine eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen, whose loins were girt about with fine gold of Euphaz. His body was also like unto uh, the barrel, and his face as the appearance of lightning, and his eyes as lamps of fire, and his arms and his feet like in color to polish brass, and the voice of his words like the voice of a multitude." And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision, for the men that were with me saw not the vision, but a great quaking fell upon them. So if you're feeling a quaking and not seeing anything, there's angels present. Maybe you're not the one they're talking to. But a great quaking fell upon them so that they fled to hide themselves. Therefore I was left alone and saw this great vision. And there remained no strength in me, for my comeliness was turned in me into corruption, and I retained no strength. Yet heard I the voice of his words. And when I heard the voice of his words, then was I in a deep sleep on my face, and my face toward the ground. He fell out. And behold, a hand touched me, which, which set me upon my knees and upon the palms of my hands. Uh, I, there is a problem here. This is in the Bible. And I can't believe how many Christians don't believe in the supernatural. Then you don't believe in the Bible. Oh, this is a nice story. No, it's an account of an actual event. You really believe this happened exactly like it says that I believe it. And he said unto me, this angel talked with Daniel, had a conversation. And the angel said unto me, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto thee, and stand upright, for unto thee am I now sent. And when he had spoken this word unto me, I stood trembling. Then said he unto me, Fear not, Daniel. Ready? For from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard 
and I am come for thy words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia, not a human, withstood me one and twenty days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, again, not a human, came to help me, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. Now I am come to make thee understand what shall befall thy people in the latter days, for yet the vision is for many days. And when he had spoken such words unto me, I set my face toward the ground, and I became dumb. That didn't mean he lost his intelligence, he couldn't talk. And behold, one like the similitude of the sons of men touched my lips. Then I opened my mouth and spake and said unto him that stood before me, O my Lord, by the vision my sorrows are turned upon me, and I have retained no strength. For how can the servant of this my Lord talk with this my Lord? For as for me straightway there remain no strength in me, neither is there breath left in me. Then they came, then there came again and touched me one like the appearance of a man, and he strengthened me and said, O man greatly beloved, fear not. Peace be unto thee, be strong, yea, be strong. And when he had spoken unto me, I was strengthened and said, Let my Lord speak, for thou hast strengthened me. Then said he, Knowest thou wherefore I am come unto thee? And now will I return to fight with the prince of Persia. And when I am gone forth, lo, the prince of Grecia shall come. Is that the last verse? Nope. But I will show thee that which is noted in the scripture of truth. And there is none that holdeth with me in these things but Michael, your prince. I read all of that for this purpose. I wanted you to see how awesome of a man of God Daniel was. And yet, he prayed and his answer was delayed 21 days. Had nothing to do with sin. It had to do everything to do with spiritual opposition. Now I'm going someplace if you hang on. Had everything to do with spiritual opposition. And if he hadn't been praying so the angels of God could have worked with him, then they couldn't have participated with him while he fasted and prayed to fight this battle so that he could finally get his prayers answered. Now, <laughs> oh, Jesus. Now, you've got to really love God. And really love his word to fight spiritual warfare and fast and pray for 21 days for the answer that you're looking for is just a word that's not even going to come to pass in your lifetime. Not a miracle. Not the parting of the Red Sea. Not manna every day in the wilderness for 40 years. 
I don't mean this facetiously, but I'm trying to make a point by comparison here. To you and I, just a word. Just a word that doesn't even apply to me or him because he wasn't going to live long enough for it to apply. He wasn't going to live long enough to see any of it. But it mattered to him enough that he warred, fasted, and prayed for 21 days until he got victory enough that his answer could get through the opposition to him. Now, let's change scenarios altogether but keep the principle. Because God is a God of principles and patterns. The prophet Joel did something the Jews really couldn't quite be happy about. Because until the prophet Joel, every promise of the new covenant coming was directly and specifically to the benefit of the Hebrews alone. But along comes the prophet Joel, and he does the unthinkable. He says, and it shall come to pass afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And then all these years later, the new covenant does come. And the Holy Ghost is poured out. And the multitude of Jews who are on pilgrimage from all over the world to Jerusalem because of the Feast of Pentecost had never seen or heard anything like this before. So you always have some wise guy that says something ridiculous that he thinks is smart. Well, they're just drunk. Yeah. Boy, could you get rich if you could bottle something that would let people drink and talk languages that are recognizable to the native speaker as being accurate and communicate. Would you ever more be rich if you could? Here, take this, drink this. You, 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 can, uh, you can speak a new language. Just drink it, yeah. Really, yeah. Which language? I don't, I, I don't know. Just pick one, I guess. Just drink it and decide you want to speak another language. Somebody really thought they were being smart with such a stupid statement. These are drunk. It's nine o'clock in the morning, but these are drunk. So Peter, sometimes people get offended with preachers because they have to try to answer stupid questions. I don't mean that offensively. I could have said foolish questions. I don't know that one's better than the other. So they want to know what meaneth this. And Peter said, this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. It shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. In Joel 2.28 there were two Hebrew words that were, tra- that were translated afterwards. There is no Greek-Hebrew dictionary in this world that would say that the two words translated afterward in Joel 28 
2.28, were, were translated in the quote in Acts 2.17. Those words don't mean in the last days. The words translated afterwards don't mean in the last days. After what? In the context, after the Messiah has come and leaves the earth. And Joel's prophecy was fulfilled afterward. It was called the day of Pentecost. But on the day of Pentecost, when Peter was asked, what is this? He went completely different. The words in the last days are used in several places in the Old Testament. The Holy Ghost could have just as easily caused Joel to use the Hebrew words that were used by the Holy Ghost in other places last days. But he did not do that. Because Joel's prophecy was not fulfilled in the last days. It was fulfilled afterward. But on the day that Joel's prophecy was fulfilled, Peter didn't quote him. Peter prophesied. It shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. So Joel prophesied an outpouring of the Holy Ghost that was going to be the beginning of the new covenant. And Peter prophesied an outpouring of the Holy Ghost that was going to be at the end of the new covenant. Now, here's the problem. There's only one outpouring. But the promise is that he's going to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. It's singular. It's not plural. He didn't say, I'm going to give outpourings to all flesh. I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Now, the, the Greek preposition is not the word for down. It's the word for going out from. So the outpouring is not a downpouring. So it's not a prayer for something to come down from heaven. It's a prayer for the loosing of or the breaking loose of what is already here. And so, and so, (laughs) several scholars say that the word outpouring is actually synonymous to a bursting, a bursting of a resistance. This word outpouring in the Greek is used to describe what happens when new wine is put in old wineskins and they burst. Same Greek word. Burst of the wineskins, outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Same Greek word. Doesn't mean two different things. Both speak 
of whatever's in the container being set free from the container, not by pouring out deliberately, but a bursting of the container so that what is inside the container can come out free. Now, Brother Libby, so happy to see you. He preached. He's been preaching this for years, and it's awesome. As the, as the vapor goes up, the rain comes down. And vapor is prayer or praise. Any divine communication, prayer, praise, thanksgiving, rejoicing, all of it. It's all vapor going up to God. And it goes up to God. And it condenses becomes clouds and the winds of weather systems bring the clouds and blow them over the ground and in many places it blows them to higher elevations and as the clouds get further further at the higher elevations the temperature cools and the clouds precipitate that's called rain And the rain falls down upon those mountains and hills. And the rain is the answers to our prayers. God's response to the prayer and the praise and the glorifying and the thanksgiving. Oh, any and all of it just going up. Just going up. And the more you send up, the more clouds there are. And the more clouds there are, the more rain it's going to come down. Slight problem. As the rain comes down and begins to collect in little rivulets and then brooks and streams and finally in the rivers, before the answers to your prayers can complete the circuit, and get back to the one that prayed them. Somebody has built a dam. Somebody's built a dam. Now, in engineering a dam, you've got to build in sluice gates. Because that water comes down and backs up, fills up that dam. If you don't have any way to release the pressure on that dam, all that water building up is either going to burst the dam or it's going to overflow the dam. Either one will destroy the dam. And if you're a good dam builder, You understand the importance of the sluice gates. And every smart dam builder puts good sluice gates in because he understands the need to let enough through to keep the pressure off his dam. And all those folks that have been sending up all this vapor 
All these prayers, all this intercession, all this praise, all this glorifying of God that's expecting these great answers. They don't get the answers they're looking for, but they get enough flowing through the sluice gates that the dam builder hopes that you'll be satisfied with. He cannot afford to block all the answers to your prayers because that will destroy the dam all by itself. So he understands the need to let enough through the sluice gates to preserve the dam, to hinder the great majority of what you're believing for. He lets enough through. So if you want to believe you've gotten your answer and that that's the best it's going to be and you choose to be satisfied and settle for what he's letting through, he's won the victory. And you think God is answering your prayers and all you're getting is just enough to keep you from being wise to what's going on and keep the pressure off his dam. Now let me tell you why. It is important for there to be a free flow of spontaneous praise in our lives that's not limited limited to the start and ending time of our church services and it's not limited to our program and our practice and it's not limited to our facility because to the person that has a free flow of praise and worship they have the chance to send up so much vapor So if you add in the vapor from Wednesday night with the vapor of the intercession and the warfare from last night, and if it keeps ascending and if it keeps ascending and ascending and so much rain comes down that the sluice gates can't handle it. The dam is going to break and that's called outpouring. One church is not enough. Two churches is not enough. Ten churches is not enough. Fifty churches is not enough. A hundred churches is not enough. Everybody needs to be contributing to the vapor. So there's so much rain, so many answers from God coming down that his damn can't handle it. This is it. 
That's the punchline. That's the message. You either got it or you didn't get it. You say, is this warfare? Yeah. But the warfare is not binding and loosing in this case. The warfare is worshiping so much, praising so much, praying so much that so much vapor condenses into so much rain that the dam can't hold.
Jesus. 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 Glory be to you, Jesus. All glory belongs to you, Jesus. All glory belongs to you, Jesus. All glory belongs to you, Jesus.
Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let me interrupt you for a second. We're going to do one more. I'm not interrupting you to quit. As Bishop was teaching, the 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 the, the verse was quickened to me. Uh, Isaiah 66 and 7. Before she travailed, she brought forth. 
before her pain came, she was delivered of a man-child. But I wasn't really sure what came before that. And as I read, listen to verse number 5, says this, Hear the word of the Lord, ye that tremble at his word. Your brethren that hated you, they cast you out for my name's sake, said, Let the Lord be glorified, but he shall appear to your joy, and they shall be ashamed. Now listen to verse number 6. A voice of noise from the city, a voice from the temple, a voice of the Lord that rendereth recompense to his enemies. The New Living Translation says that verse like this. What is all the commotion in the city? What is that terrible noise from the temple? Hold on a second. Hold on a second. It is the voice of the Lord taking vengeance against his enemy. I wonder if one more time we could just let a terrible noise erupt from this sanctuary tonight as the Lord takes vengeance on the enemy that has tried to hinder, stop, resist, defeat. But something's been birthed. Something's been born. That is vengeance being taken against the enemies of the Lord. Hallelujah! 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 Hallelujah. 
Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, 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 Jesus. Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. I don't know, I don't know who it is. But I prophesy to somebody in the Holy Ghost right now that just like when the four lepers showed up at the Syrian enemy's camp and God had sent a great noise and caused the enemy to flee. Somebody, when you get home, God has sent a great noise before you. And when you get there, the enemy that you've been fighting has fleed, flown, whatever it is, while you've been here. In the name of Jesus, 
in the name of Jesus. So when you go back home, it's time to start collecting some spoils and taking some things back that the enemy has stolen from you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Some of you, like Peter, have toiled all night and caught nothing. But you need to go home with a nevertheless in your spirit. Nevertheless at your word. I'm going to put the net down in the same place I've been putting it down. Because this time there's going to be a great drought of fishes that get pulled in. This is going to be the time. This is going to be the season. This is going to be the place that God's word is going to come to have, come to pass. Somebody got a nevertheless in your spirit tonight. Anybody got a nevertheless in your spirit tonight? Hallelujah. 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 <laughs> Sorry, I'm supposed to be dismissing. I guess there's some overflow still, still here. <laughs> Hallelujah. Can we just give one more terrible noise?
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I, I want us to do one more thing, and, and then we're, we're, we're going to, I think we're going to dismiss. <laughs> I hope, I can't tell. 54,800. Hallelujah. That's only 200 away from 55 if you didn't do the math. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I I want us to do this. Now, when you really are trying to express to somebody how much you appreciate them and and thank them, you know, especially if you're in a nice setting, you know, you take them out to dinner to show them your appreciation. You don't sit there and across the table yell and scream and holler thank you and all of that. And when you're really expressing thanks, it, it's more of a calm, deep thing. So I, I, don't want us in, I don't want us to have a lot of hype and emotion with this. I want us to take a moment and genuinely give God thanks for everything He said, everything He's done. We're not going to measure the, the degree of the thanksgiving by the volume of the thanksgiving. That's not what we're going to measure it by right now. Can we just give him, can we take a moment or two here and truly give him thanks? Would you thank him for what he's said and done for you individually? Would you thank him for what he's done and said to us collectively? For our church, individual churches and then beyond that for, for, for on a more corporate level what he's done. Thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you for the ministry The moving of your spirit, Lord. We give you thanks for giving us the privilege and the opportunity to be a part of what you are doing, God. We know it's not our worthiness. We know it's not anything we've done to deserve it. But it's your grace that has called us, that has given us the opportunity to participate with you. And so we give you thanks, Lord. We give you thanks tonight, Father. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Praise God, praise God, praise God, Jesus' name. One more time on behalf of Bishop, thank you for coming, whether you are out of town, guests that have come and attended Thank you to those of you that are a part of this church that have participated at at whatever level you have been able to. Thank you for coming hungry, open, expecting, and prepared to receive what God had for you this week. And, And I think our greatest expression of thanksgiving is not what we just said. It's what we will go and do. That will demonstrate our true thanksgiving and appreciation. Praise God. Uh, real quickly, before the official dismissal, Brother McDonald, Bishop Wright is requesting to see you and your wife in the office the moment before you leave, Matt. Okay. Um, so I, I, I realize it's, I realize it's, um, 
it's it's not going to be accepted well at all and i realize it's god i understand all of that we're all well aware of all of that but god has to have somebody to work through and i don't think it would be out of order for us to express appreciation to the man that god has chosen this week for being willing to be sensitive Vulnerable, confident, willing to step out in Jesus' name. And why don't we do one more thing? I think it would be fitting to stretch your hand in this direction. Let's ask the Lord for supernatural rest, refreshing strength to flow into Bishop's body. In the name of Jesus, we lose rest. Refreshing right now, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. Let virtue flow. Let the same virtue that the woman with the issue of blood connected with, let that virtue flow right now and bring what is needed. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I just want to say thank you on behalf of all the visitors and everyone that's listening. This is no doubt one of the most incredible times that churches will ever experience if they will only listen to what God has got to say to them. So thanks for the ministry. Thanks for all the people that are helping. And most of all, thank you, Antioch, for what you do for the kingdom of God in Jesus' name. God bless you.